Alleluia, Christ is risen. Do you remember the story of Isaac and Rebekah and the marriage between them? That's the story we've been looking at in Bible study the last couple of weeks here. If you remember Isaac, he was the son of promise. He was born of the patriarch Abraham and Sarah, born in their old age. And now his father Abraham is seeking for Isaac, his son, a bride. So Abraham, he sent out his servant, who in all likelihood is a fellow named Eliezer. And that name, Eliezer, is interesting, because it means helper. Interestingly enough, it is essentially the same word which our Lord uses today to describe the person and work of the Holy Spirit, whom he calls the helper. And that really ought to catch our attention. Well, under the master's orders, that servant, he journeys on his way back to Ur, to Abraham's hometown, all to help find a bride for his master's son. And when he arrived, he knelt down by the well outside the city, and he prayed. He prayed to the God of his master, Abraham, to give to him success. And before he could even finish that prayer, there came Rebekah. She came to the well beautiful and radiant and eager to cheerfully serve the Lord. Eliezer told her and her family all about the promise of salvation, the promise of the gospel made to Abraham and to his son Isaac, and all acknowledged God's hand in arranging that marriage. And Rebekah, she was eager to go to leave her hometown for the land of promise and her household for the family of God. Eliezer, the servant, he brought out gifts to the bride. He decked Rebekah, that beautiful bride, out in silver and gold and costly jewels and gave to her a whole new wardrobe. And they rode out on camels to the land of promise. Eliezer, the father's servant, He was leading her and guiding her all the way there. Eliezer even introduced her to the bridegroom, Isaac. And she became his wife, and he loved her. This, dear Christians, is a beautiful story. We see Father Abraham, his son Isaac, and the ministry of his servant, Eliezer. And then there's that beautiful bride, And there's Isaac's great love for her. But on a deeper level, it's also the beautiful story of our salvation. Of God the Father seeking out a bride for his son. And how does he do it? Well, he sends out a greater Eliezer, the helper. The Holy Spirit, who calls out the greater Rebecca, the church. And virgin bride of Christ, to be joined to the household of faith and the family of God. Just like Eliezer at the well, the ministry of the Holy Spirit meets us at the well of baptism. Calls us to faith in the Son of God and bedecks us with gifts and riches and the royal dress of Christ's own righteousness. A whole new wardrobe. 
The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the call to faith and the promise of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whose kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. For by his cross will God be the father of many nations. By his Son's resurrection will he be a blessing to all people everywhere. As we reflect on today's gospel account, on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to consider how Abraham's servant is a personification of the Spirit's work in the calling and gathering and lightening and sanctifying of the one holy Christian and apostolic church. Notice that the Holy Spirit, Eliezer, never draws attention to himself, but speaks only of the kingdom of the Father and the love of the Son, and then introduces the bride to the groom and makes them one. This morning in our gospel, our Lord, he tells his disciples that he's going away. And by going away, we're not talking about his absence, but a Lord who is merely doing what he came to do, giving himself into death for the life of the world. Jesus is going away, he says, to be bound to a cross for our offenses and raised up for our salvation. He is descending to hell to empty the grave of all of its power. He is ascending to the right hand of the Father. And on Pentecost, when he gives to his church the gift of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, and he will bestow the gifts of salvation. This morning, our Lord, he preaches a sermon on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And let us hear and understand what he has to teach us. First, Jesus teaches us this morning that the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin because they do not believe in him. That's what Jesus says. What this means is that the root problem of sin is not that you occasionally say a naughty word or that you occasionally have a misstep here or there. Jesus is teaching us in these words that unbelief is the root of all sin and rebellion against God. He's saying, if you truly believed in me, if you trusted in me with everything you've got, you wouldn't do the things you do. You wouldn't think the way that you think, and you wouldn't live the way that you live. Unbelief, you see, that's the problem. Unbelief is why we don't fear God's wrath, but we fear the opinions of everyone. It's why we think so little about pleasing God. And this sort of conviction of sin is necessary even if it hurts folks' pride. It's necessary even when no one really wants to hear it. Because without the conviction of sin, we sinners, we have no need for Christ. We must hear the law preached to us. The Apostle Paul put it this way, now that we know that Whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Second, Jesus teaches us that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father. 
The meaning here is that when Jesus went to the Father, the meaning here is that Jesus went to the Father in his death to offer himself up as a righteous offering for the sins of the world. Christ suffered death and all that we and all that our sins have deserved. And the righteousness of Christ's death on the cross is the only source of salvation for this whole world. That the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness means that the death of Christ for the sins of the world is the righteousness of God. And that proclamation of this gospel actually creates faith in Christ and declares you righteous for Jesus' sake. The Holy Spirit actually convicts you of righteousness. He declares it. He renders the verdict that you are not guilty, that you are free from blame, simply by what he's done for you on the cross. And by your faith, which believes it, that all your sins are taken away and removed as far as the east is from the west. Third, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. We learn from Holy Scripture that the ruler of this world is the devil, but now all of his power is undone. Because of the death of God's Son, God in his great mercy forgives you all your sin and declares you righteous for Jesus' sake. All is a gift of his grace. And therefore he, the devil, cannot accuse you of sin or damn you to eternal death. St. Paul puts it this way. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. What comfort. And then Jesus, he leaves us this morning with these beautiful and comforting words about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me, for he, that is the Holy Spirit, will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. Dear friends, those words, they are so profound, they can hardly be begun to be grasped. But to begin with, I want you to take the example of Father Abraham. Everything that belonged to him, his honor, his great wealth, his possessions, everything he owned and had is now handed over to the son of promise, to Isaac. And then in turn, everything that he has is bestowed upon his bride, Rebecca. Eliezer adorns her in gold and silver, jewels and costly apparel, a sign and guarantee that everything that belongs to the master's son is now to be shared and enjoyed with his beautiful bride. Dear friends of God, this is exactly how it is in Christ's church because everything that belongs to the Father is shared by the Son, and everything that belongs to the Son he shares with his bride, with his church, all of his Christians. That's you and that's me. 
That includes everything, the keys to his glorious kingdom, forgiveness and salvation, holiness and righteousness, peace and consolation, and the joy of eternal life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, our Eliezer, to take what belongs to Christ, his innocence and purity and perfect and divine life, and to bestow it all upon you, his beloved bride. That bride is you. It means that everything that Christ possesses, you may claim as your very own. His righteousness, innocence and blessedness, his holiness and all that he is and all that he has, all yours. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. To bring Christ and his righteousness to you and to bring you to him. We see this so clearly in the account of Abraham, Isaac, and Eliezer the servant. And we see it so clearly in today's gospel as we behold the love of God the Father and the love of God the Son and the love of the Holy Spirit's ministry who invites you too into the household of faith and the family of God. Therefore, may we, like Rebecca, be led by the Holy Spirit all the days of our lives, being prepared as a bride adorned for her, her husband. And may the ministry of the Holy Spirit make us one with the Father's Son in the holy communion of his body and blood, as we share in all of the treasures of salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.